Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. We are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Hey, uh, how many miles per gallon are you getting? Your mileage may not vary. No, it probably <laughs> won't. I bet if we ask everyone out there towing a trailer of some sort or towing a fifth wheel. Or driving a motorhome. Or driving a motorhome. The answer is between 10 and 12 miles <laughs> per gallon for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, we tow a 19 foot, like, I don't know, 3,500 to 4,000 pound travel trailer. We need to have it weighed. But anyway, travel trailer behind a V6 Nissan Frontier. And how many miles to a gallon do we typically get? 10 to 12. That's it. <laughs> Which is fun because we have a 20-gallon tank. So we basically, we go from potty break to potty That's break. That's right. It kind of works out. It's That's right. Cool. It's not so bad to go 200 miles and then stop. No. Because there's always a ball of twine or something to yeah, look right? at anyway. It's, ooh, the oldest <laughs> loaf of bread or whatever the heck it is. That's us. We're those people who we see a state marker and it's like, ooh, That's right. Got to check that out. And even Oren, last week when we were talking to him, had mentioned the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Fuel economy is another wonderful thing of towing, right? It's not capacity, but we see that all the time too. You know, what do you get miles per gallon? And I always kind of chuckle. I've been doing it long enough. I know generally, I don't care if you're a quarter ton or you're a Ford F-450, you know, big diesel puller. You generally always get about the same miles per gallon. You're getting anywhere from 10 to 12 miles per hour. Some people do a little better. Depends on, you know, how fast you go. And you keep it under 60, you might do a little bit better. You're all on flat or you're going downhill. You might do a little bit better. But generally speaking, you talk to enough people, you average generally around 10 to 15 miles per hour. How many miles per gallon do you get? 10 to 12. What is your mileage out there in podcast land? Is it something other than 10 to 12? You could weigh in on our forum. If your mileage is different and you've got a trailer or fifth wheel or a motorhome or whatever, and you're not getting about 10 to 12 miles per gallon, gas, diesel, small, big, doesn't matter. We want to hear about it. Yeah. I believe the reason that mileage is so similar is basically we're pulling giant bricks through the air. <laughs> I don't think it has to do with weight. I don't think it has to do with anything more than we have a giant air dam that yep. we are trying to push through the air. And air is a powerful source. Right. To air is human. To, to tow, tow is, is divine. divine. <laughs> oh <my God>. Okay. <laughs> so when you're running around on our website looking for the contact us button so you can tell us how different your mileage is, you should go in there and check out the deals and discounts page. Yeah, that is where we have deals and discounts from manufacturers and people who we either have bought things from or would buy if we could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> it's things that we really believe in in the RV industry and we've managed to get deals and discounts. I mean, there's Lion Energy for lithium batteries. Right. There is Harvest Hosts, Boondockers, Welcome. FMCA. FMCA, absolutely. I mean, so many. It varies whenever I can get a great deal or something like that. We put it up there. So that's the place to turn to if you're going to buy something from an RV company. And and if we've camped with you recently and showed off our grub stick and you want to buy some, 
You'll yeah. find a discount for them there too. Absolutely. And here's one. If you need tires and you want oh, a deal, yeah. here's the way to get that. Join the FMCA and they have a great tire savings program. Great savings program. Oh yeah. A lot of other benefits too. We love the FMCA. In fact, someone was asking recently about roadside assistance. There weren't very many people that talked about the FMCA roadside assistance program, but it's one of the better ones and one of the better priced ones. We have it. We really like it. So there you go. So discounts and deals, something to uh, check out on our website. And what else do we get a lot of contact and questions about, Smooch? How much solar do I need? And I don't understand solar. Can you explain it to me? Well, that's what this episode is all about. Kind of like the hokey pokey. We're here to talk about the sun. So let's first of all talk about solar systems. Essentially, what a solar panel does is it charges your batteries. I mean, that's the bottom line. We have a relatively small solar panel that charges our batteries, and we have two batteries on our trailer. And that solar panel, even in like this past week, we were at Standish Hickey. And even though there were some trees and it was pretty shady, that was solar panel really kept up. And ours is tiny. It's only an 80 watt panel. I wouldn't buy a panel that small anymore, but when I bought it, they were expensive. And now you can get a larger one for less. But essentially what you're doing is you're charging a battery. And then from there, you're running your 12 volt systems. Now you could also charge a battery and power an inverter and run 110 volt. There's two kinds of solar panels, basically. There's monocrystalline and there's polycrystalline. And as the name may imply, monocrystalline means one. So those panels are cut from a single piece of silicon. And yeah, they're more expensive, but they are more efficient, which means smaller panels can do the same job. The polycrystalline panels are less expensive to build, but they're less efficient. And they also have, this is something that blows my mind, considering a solar panel is something you stick in the sun. (laughs) They have a lower heat tolerance. What the heck? That's like... I'm sorry, but the sun is too bright for me. Yeah, I know. That's like those bikinis you can't take in the water. (laughs) It's like, dude, that's what it's for. Right? And they're also less efficient in low light. So bottom line, buy a monocrystalline panel. With more than 80 watts. (laughs) Well, even 80 has done a good job for us. But the reason I want a larger panel is more reserved. So at Standish Hickey, when we were in among the trees there, it was pretty heavily covered with trees. And yeah, the solar panels did a good job of keeping the batteries up, but there was no reserve. Right. We had our generator with us as a just-in-case. Yeah. If we had a larger solar panel, like a 120, it would have had more reserve and done a better job of filling up the batteries. Not that we would have done much differently, right. but we just wouldn't have been concerned the whole time. Yeah, you know, when we went to bed one night, we're like, boy, I hope the battery doesn't die in the middle of the night, because you know what happens when the battery oh, gets too yeah. low? Is <laughs> that carbon monoxide yeah, exactly. sensor goes off, and then what? Then you got to, you can't get up and turn your generator on at three o'clock in the morning. No. You just got to hope that your sensor doesn't wake up the neighbors until it's, exactly. <laughs> until it's generator hour. That's the bottom line of what a solar panel does. Now, there are a bajillion different configurations. I have seen a lot of solar panels on the roof of RVs. Sure. That's super common. I like the solar suitcase. And the reason is 
we're as likely as not to park under trees. If we can, sure. We can park under a tree, we're gonna. So we take that solar suitcase and bring it out and put it in the sun. And so if you have a solar panel attached to the roof of your RV and you really want to park in the shade, then you're just undoing the solar panel's abilities. Exactly. Now that is... For the people who do like we do and essentially just run the 12 volt systems. When we're boondocking, we're using our propane fridge and our propane water heater and all of that. So the 12 volt system is kind of a minimal system. What if you want to run an inverter or if you get one of those new fancy 12 volt fridges that we talked about a couple of episodes ago with Josh. Right, that's going to take up some more of your battery. More power. (laughs) (laughs) So then you may have to go with rooftop solar. You may have to have more panels or just get really large suitcase panels. But at some point, the suitcase panels become so large they're unwieldy. And that's when it's like, yeah, I do want to Put them on the roof of my... And I've also seen where people have solar panels on the roof of their RV and then additional ones on the ground, like the suitcase. That seems like a good alternative. We can add some to our roof and still keep our suitcase. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially what you should do is figure out what you want to run with your solar panels. Is it just the 12-volt stuff in your RV? A small solar system is going to totally cover that. If you want to go up and maybe you're running a CPAP machine or a 12-volt fridge or, you know, a little bit more, or maybe charging your laptop computer or things like that, maybe you might want to go up to a 200-watt panel or So is it possible like to get a solar panel with an inverter that would run the air conditioner? Ah, uh, we're getting to that. Oh. That's the holy grail. <laughs> yeah. So we, yes, we're getting to that. Okay. So on your solar panels, it's multiple systems. One is the solar panels. You will need those because they take the sunlight and convert it into electricity. And then you need a charge controller because what the solar panel does is it's like, woohoo, the sun, I'm going to send all the energy I can make to the batteries. Well, yeah, that could be explodey and that's no good. So you're also going to need a charge controller. Some of the new RVs now have those charge controllers. You'll see them. Mostly I've seen GoPower ones in trailers but there's others so you'll need a charge controller to take that energy and charge the batteries appropriately without blowing up the batteries because right. <laughs> kaboom is bad <laughs> good slogan yeah kaboom is kaboom bad, is bad. <laughs> unless you're suzanne and janet's tortoise then kaboom is good okay <laughs> so the charge controller basically controls the amount of energy going into the batteries. And there are different charge profiles based on the kind of batteries you have. Flooded batteries, like what we have, which are golf cart batteries, have a different charging profile than lithium ion batteries, for example, which is why lithium charges faster. It's just cool. It's lighter, <laughs> faster, everything but less expensive. But you know, you always get what you pay for, just yeah, like the panels. Sure. There's cheap and good. You can pick. <laughs> All right. So you can go up, you know, like I say, there's a 12 volt stuff in your RV that a small panel will do fine. If you want to go up and maybe run a 12 volt fridge and all that, you will need a bigger panel. I don't know how big a panel you need, but you can kind of figure it out based on looking at how much power the devices you want to use take 
and then figuring how much solar you need. And I always like to go, just like towing, about 70%. So right. figure, you know, you need more panel. Like on a bright, sunny day, those solar panels are singing. They're just doing their job. But on a cloudy day or in the forest or whatever, which is where we all like to camp, right? You want reserve capacity. Now, Peggy asked, can you run your air conditioner on solar? Yes. Yay. Sort of. Oh. <laughs> there have been several case examples of doing this. There's a gentleman I follow on YouTube, the Bus Grease Monkey. And this guy restores these old GM buses with the Detroit diesel engines. It's a great channel. I'll put a link in the show notes. But he lives in an old 1947 Silversides bus. And it is completely solar powered. Wow. It is air conditioning, electric cooking, Holy everything. Holy smokes. But you look at that bus and the entire roof is solar panel. <laughs> and he estimated that he spent about $16,000 on those panels and the batteries that went with it and all the various charge controllers and all that. So, May I interrupt and ask how much does that all weigh? I mean, would we want our entire roof covered in solar panels or would that make our trailer so heavy our truck wouldn't like it? They're not that heavy. I think we could pull it off, but our trailer is small enough that... Well, I'm not saying we would do that. I'm just, you know, for example. You know, that's, a, that's certainly a consideration. This guy, I mean, you should see He's got them in yeah, all different angles. Yeah, but those buses can hold a bazillion pounds. Right. The, the, yeah. <laughs> They're not limited by weight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some limit, but it's not going to be exceeded <laughs> by solar panels solar and panels. batteries. And he's on lithium batteries, of course. Right. He also took out the RV air conditioners that he had and used a mini split. And oh. the mini splits, of course, are very efficient. But he was showing an example of being out in, I think he's in West Virginia. He's somewhere... Anyway, it was very, very hot where he was, and it remained hot at night, and he was running the air conditioner all night long. That's amazing. Yeah. So it can be done. It's just, you know, how far do you want to push the issue? Right. Okay. So that's sort of a basic. We'll have an accompanying article on stressless camping about solar. In fact, we do. It's one of the more popular articles on yes. the site. And uh, we are always happy to answer questions and make recommendations and that sort of thing. But solar is awesome. It's free energy. It's one of the things the bus grease monkey guy said, Scott, is that it's dead silent. There's no fumes. Once it's paid for, it just works. Right. You know, it's not like you have to change the oil and run the gas and blah, blah, blah. It's just there and does its job. Yeah. You don't have to keep paying for it once you buy the right. equipment. It's a one-time deal. Super. Okay. Let's talk about who would benefit from solar. If you basically camp predominantly in full service or full hookup RV parks or RV parks where there's electricity, don't waste your money. You already have power. If you camp a lot where it's hot and you need air conditioning and you're boondocking, you're probably going to use a generator. Again, don't waste your money. Solar is really best for people who like to camp where they're off the grid and don't need the hydro things like air conditioning. Like we camp at the beach, it's perfect for that. We camp in the mountains where it's cool and comfortable. Solar's perfect for that. So solar is not for everybody, but it is darn cool. Another thing, if you basically only spend one night without hookups, let's say you're Wally Dockin or Boon Barrelin, <laughs> Boondockers Welcome, or anything like that, where you're basically one night spent off grid, the batteries in your RV should be able to accommodate that. 
We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at StresslessCamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now Now that's that's Stressless Camping. Okay, we are back. This week, we went somewhere. We did. We went to the California Redwoods. Such a magical place. I love going there. I do too. I have ever since I was a wee lad, and my parents used to shuttle us up to the Redwoods from LA in our VW square bag. Wow. Yeah. So we stayed at the Standish Hickey State Park, and that park began as a 40-acre campground in 1922, donated by a lumberman named Hickey, whose son... Edward Ritter Hickey died caring for the victims of the 1918 flu epidemic. Then in the late 1950s, descendants of Captain Miles Standish, a pilgrim who landed on Plymouth Rock in 1620, added 500 more acres. And there have been subsequent donations by the Save the Redwoods League who have expanded the park to more than a thousand acres. So it's a great little place to camp. It's a state park. So there's, as usual, no hookups or anything, but beautiful trees and lovely. And it's all you have to do is run right across the highway and you can be at the peg house. <laughs> Never don't stop. Never don't stop at the, <laughs> the peg, peg house. house. That's their, their <laughs> slogan. But back to the state park real quick. It was nice, tree shaded. The spaces were decent size, but they're a little tough to get into for uh, some of them even are harder for our than small others. trailer. Yeah. yeah. Some of them were at weird angles and luckily we got one of those. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of, you know, it's a one way road. And if we had been going the other direction, it would have been a lot easier to get in, but we weren't and it wasn't yeah and the space itself is big it's just the getting in it can be tricky on some sites yeah but very relaxing lots of mosquitoes (laughs) (laughs) and very close to the highway yeah it was you could hear the highway pretty much we took a walk around the two loops that are open to trailers and you could hear the highway pretty much from the whole campground Yeah, highway noise was significant, but... Once you go inside and close the door, if you're in a trailer, I mean, we slept through it. We didn't hear it. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was just something to be aware of. There were no hookups at all. There was no sewer, no electric, and no water. Which is common in state parks. Yeah, but there was a spigot pretty close to our campsite. So with our two water hoses, we could have filled our tanks in the trailer, but we just brought water from home right and yes yeah, peggy said right across the street is the world famous peg house so we played our own private game of frogger yeah yeah because you <laughs> run across, across the, the highway. highway they have a grill they've got some great burgers there and yeah. they also have these 
unbelievable brownies. And yes, it's Mendocino County. They're enchanted brownies. They're enchanted brownies. But they're but not they're enchanted not. like that. Right. They're not like <laughs> Mendo brownies, if you know what I mean. But they were super delicious brownies. So in the store, we went to get some beer to go with our burgers yeah. that we ordered outside on the grill. And we saw the brownies right there by the register. So we, we shared one because they're about as big as a sandwich yeah they're huge (laughs) sandwich then we found anderson valley salted caramel porter if there was one of those restaurant shows where they're pairing good beer with good desserts yeah these brownies and salted caramel porter went together like laverne and shirley (laughs) they go together i gotta stop singing anyway but it makes Peggy laugh. And then outside, why where the grill is, they do have open seating area, which we didn't use. We went back to our campsite right across the highway, but they have a stage. So I imagine when a lot of people are allowed to be there, they probably have live music and stuff like that. I went to the drive through tree car show last year. Oh, right. Back when humans were allowed to be around each other. <laughs> and we ended at the Peg House with, I don't know, 150 classic cars of all sorts. I'll put a link to the video of that. But they had a band there, and the band was really terrific. Super. And so it was a it was a fun time. But even now, it was still a great burger and yeah, it was those a good brownies burger. and good brownies. that beer. Mm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then from there... We went to Confusion Hill. Indeed we did. And if you haven't heard or been to Confusion Hill, you just don't know what you're missing. It's one of those typical roadside <laughs> attractions from years gone by. The Campbell family have done an outstanding job of maintaining it. It's kitschy and silly and just I love it. So they have a gravity house which there are a few of those around and they have a train and you can take a ride on the train and the conductor <laughs> I mean sorry the engineer I should know better than that. The engineer of the train stops quite often and tells stories about different parts of the park and the history of the whole area yeah. and it's really interesting and fun and if you want to check out the YouTube video. Yeah, I made up a YouTube video of Confusion Hill and all of that. The train guy is Tony the train guy. No relation to me. He is so he such is a chick. He is just a total crack up. <laughs> and so we had a great time on the train. We even saw a woodland creature. We did, indeed. You'll have to watch the video yeah. and learn more about that. And Kai, our host for the day, is the... The ambassador oh, of Confusion you. Hill. The ambassador of Confusion Hill gave us a little tour of the gravity house with his two adorable daughters they were so cute (laughs) they were having the best time in the gravity house and it's just it's a wonderful experience and it's what is it like five bucks to get in or something it's it's dirt cheap and then it's got a great little souvenir shop yeah and you could get a chipolo totem pole out in the front it's just a fun little place to visit they have a shoe house Mm -hmm. that was a parade float in the 40s yep and now is something you can have you stick your head out and take your picture with yeah it's just like I say, it's a, it's something that was very common decades ago. And I'm really glad that the Campbells have maintained it. I mean, it was immaculate. So everything was in great shape. Right. Super nice people. And I love that kind of stuff. Yep. I also love the drive through tree. We do love the drive through tree. And the town of Leggett is the chandelier tree. It's one of three drive through trees that there are in the Redwoods. And... We love, especially every time we buy a new car. For some reason, we have to 
take that new car up and drive through the chandelier. You gotta tree. drive through the drive-through <laughs> tree in a new car. So you actually drive through a redwood tree that has a carved-out area in the bottom. So it still manages to live because it's got enough of its system on both sides of the tunnel basically. And it's just exciting that one of the three drive-through trees is not carved. It's actually natural. And I'm not going to tell you anymore because I'm just going to tell you to go read all about it on www.stresslesscamping.com. Absolutely. Yeah. And and maybe if you're up here, you can drive through the tree yourself. Although one time I was there, I've been there many, many times. And one time I was there and there was a dude in a pickup truck and he's driving through the drive-through tree. And the hole is not, you know, like some of the newer vehicles are really huge and you hear this as he's scratching along the drive-through tree and i'm thinking oh this dude's ruining this pickup truck and then it came out and i looked at it and this thing was i mean it was held together with the finest rust from detroit i think that guy was doing a u.s tour of ways to destroy his truck i think so because it, it had a detroit or it had a michigan license plate rather and clearly had been on salted roads because yeah. i was amazed that you know he didn't shut the door on this pickup truck and it just fell into a big pile of rust so <laughs> so don't worry that tree did not burn down it did not fall down there was a sequoia tree that fell down some number of years ago a lot of people get confused but the three redwood trees on the redwood highway on highway 101 are all standing and ready for you to drive through of course they're confused they've been to confusion <laughs> that's <Hill>. right <laughs> are you confused <laughs> all right last we have a new feature this week and we're gonna have this every week we hope that's right the rv gadget report i have been providing articles to a few places including stressless camping about rv gadgets and we thought you may or may not know this if you've listened to at least 40 minutes of anything that we've ever recorded, <laughs> Tony really loves gadgets. I do. I am the gadget hound. And so we decided RV Gadget Guy. RV Gadget Guy. This week's gadget is, okay, if you are bothered by mosquitoes, as I am, if there is a mosquito in the county that you're in, if there is a mosquito in the next county, it is going to find me and bite me. Yep. I hate mosquitoes and mosquitoes really make counties. Camping less stress less. <laughs> less stress for me, less. Less stress less. <laughs> and so we had a friend, Dave Collier. Shout out to you, Dave. And he had this thing called a thermocell. And I've tried everything off, skin so soft, citronella candles, you name it, I've tried it. And he had this thermocell, lit that thing up, and it was like magic. And so we bought one and we use it now whenever the mosquitoes, including at Standish Hickey, it worked great there. It worked great. And unlike most places where mosquitoes come out at dusk, at Standish Hickey, they're out like all the time. Yeah, what the heck? (laughs) They're flying around all day long. The way this thing works, there's multiple forms. You can get a belt mounted one if you want to use it for hiking. They have various lanterns. They have ones that just sit on a table for outdoor gatherings. So variety of different configurations, but they all work the same there's a little butane cylinder inside and you light the little fire with the lighter that's included in the thing and it heats up this blue pad which releases mosquito repellent and 
it just works. It just keeps the doggone things away. And the one that we bought, we got one that's also a lantern because another thing about Tony is he loves lights and flashlights. LEDs, baby. <laughs> LEDs. I love them. So it's a little LED lantern, which you can use with or without the thermocell. You can use the thermocell with or without the lantern. It's a nice little extra light that we hang from a lantern stand so that we've got the thermocell going and the lantern if we need it. And it's a very handy little yeah, gadget. Yeah, it really works well. The mosquito repair is the bottom line it works super well and there's an article more in depth about it on stressless camping but if mosquitoes bug you like they do me get one of these because it just works and that makes me a happy lad yes indeed now you may or may not have a little bit of trouble getting a place like amazon to send them to you because yeah the refills putting the butane through the mail kind of thing but we were able to find refill butane at walmart yeah so it is available out there without having to get it shipped yeah so walmart is where we've been buying the refills and they seem to consistently have them yeah well that's what we have we went on vacation we got to see a tourist attraction we We ate enchanted brownies we ate enchanted brownies (laughs) and we got to go to confusion hill and we talked solar we talked solar so one of tony's favorite subjects yeah i love all that gadgety stuff (laughs) so anyway thank you again for joining us and of course you know if you want to find us we're all over the social world and you can start at stresslesscamping.com where we have deals and discounts and the jumping off point for all that social stuff and when you're there you might as well tell your friends about it too yeah because you want to share don't you don't you like to share didn't you learn to share when you were a kid (laughs) you should share yeah we're saving a seat for you around our virtual campfire and we really appreciate when you tell others and one of the ways to do that is to write a review on apple podcasts or wherever you like getting a podcast and gosh the more reviews we get the more awesome guests we get and the more gadgets we can review that's right (laughs) so if you don't want to miss a future episode of the stressless camping podcast it's free to subscribe on any podcast app Woohoo! So we'll save a seat around the campfire. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode once again. And happy happy camping. camping! We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!